Um, I'm drinking Dr. Pepper because I am out of my own soda, which is Dr. Pepper Cherry Zero or Cherry Coke Zero. Mm. Those are my sodas. We're out, completely out of everything. We've been needing to go grocery shopping all week. Well, we do like Instacart through Wegmans and um, and we just haven't been in you know, how do life mate just started this new job recently, right? Where mm-hmm. before he was working from home over the whole course of the pandemic. So for two years, he'd been working at home and he was working these overnight shifts because they were producing this morning news show that would, they'd have to be done producing it by 4 a.m. So they would work like 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. He worked in the basement here, but he was always here. So he never went anywhere. And I've been working at home for the last two years. And and even prior to pandemic, I was working from home three days a week Mm. already. So um, we spent two years with us working from home on these, these schedules. And he's the one who sort of takes the lead on grocery shopping. And so he was doing it all the time. But now that he just started this new job where he's actually in the studio, um, he actually has his, he worked for a TV studio in DC. So he actually has to go and he does the morning. He works the morning news. So he has to go in. He starts work at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. He gets up at like 1 a.m., which means he goes to sleep at like 6 p.m. So like his, not only is he working outside of the house, but his schedule is completely different. Now, this has completely changed our home dynamic about like I used to cook dinners and you know, like all of a sudden I'm driving a uh, baby stepbrother to school some days, but then he's switching and now he's going to be working over the weekends and his weekend will be like Wednesday and Thursday or so. I don't know, but it's completely changed everything. So our grocery shopping regularity, like, isn't like all to bring this back, you know, to make a short story long. Um, our, our grocery shopping is just completely off kilter. So now like we don't have anything in the house, like nothing has been, you know, he, he usually would be doing this stuff, but he's like just now leaving, he's leaving work now. So, yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't know. I, I was running out of creamer this morning for my coffee. Like I had enough for my coffee, which was fine. Yeah. Like one day, one time, this whole, like, we can't get right back on a normal schedule. It's like one day we ran out of like, I ran out of creamer ran out of milk like we like the the kid drinks regular milk I use almond milk like in my cereal so we ran out of both those kinds like I had nothing <laughs> how do you run out of all of these things all at the one staples time? yeah at one yeah. time right right so so in that so so that leads me to be drinking Dr. Pepper regular Dr. Pepper right now because I already hadn't I probably shouldn't be having this much caffeine right now, but I'm on number three cup of coffee and it's noon. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I had two. I had two cups of coffee. I what? Well, what time did you wake up? What time did Kai wake you Six. up this morning? Six. Oh, okay. So, or, yeah. Okay. I got up at like seven thirty. She usually wakes up at eight. So today was not not fun. <laughs> <laughs> she was all thrown off her normal, you know, schedule. So, oh well. Well, it just that's the thing about like kids right it's like just when they get on it okay i figured it out here's a i got them on a schedule then they change right yeah well she's also like terrified of something in the room mm-hmm. i don't know so she was like waking up screaming and then she keeps pointing to the corner where the <gasps> curtains are and waving and i'm like oh hell no oh so- no well okay 
so I didn't want to say this yet. I mean, this I wasn't planning on telling you this, but I, I you know, there's something about Kaya. You know this. Oh yeah. Right? You know oh, yeah. this, right? Right. There's something Definitely. she has. She's got something. Um, for you guys just listening to us, <laughs> Lexi. This is, let's. It's Lexi joining me today. Hi everyone. We're going to talk about uh, Netflix uh, docu-series, Sins of Our Mother, the Lori Vallow story thing, Doomsday Mom, Cult Mom. We're going to talk about all that, but before we get to that, so yeah, there's something about Kaya. Like, okay, so it, Lexi and I are both kind of woo-woo on about a lot of stuff. 100%. 100% woo-woo, crystals, spirits, energy, um, all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're both like deep deep into it so um, and we both talked about how we like we have that you know we we believe in science of course but we also believe in everything else I mean there's so much more to this universe than well there's so much of what I've I've learned and and and, you know sort of been immersed in and right you know is evidence-based right like evidence-based mediumship is you know Mm -hmm. I know your friend your medium friend does this and stuff it's all based on evidence there's evidence there's things to prove it and back it up right like there's uh, we're not just gonna and you you're about to be a fucking doctor for god's sakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like obviously like science and medicine but what is fascinating, you know, you're going to be a doctor of Oriental medicine, which I think is such an amazing blend of the Eastern and Western culture yes, medicines, definitely. which I fully support. So obviously I, I have MS, right? Like I take a disease modifying there. Obviously like Chinese herbs aren't going to stop the demyelinization of my cells, mm-hmm. but I love acupuncture for so treating so many of the symptoms and other things that are associated with with my MS and it's just, oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, so it's a good mix anyway. Anyway, so Kaya, obviously we know this, she's got something. Oh yeah. I don't know if you know what direction she's leading with it or like, is she going witchy path? Is she more spiritual? Like, what is she? I don't know what you've seen with her yet. I think she's more spiritual. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm very open. I've had a lot of experiences with the other side. I'll just put it, I'll leave it at that. It's too much to get into, but we're going to save those for other episodes. But she definitely, (laughs) she's definitely connecting. And I don't feel like whatever's here is evil. I don't feel like it's bad. At one point there was a bad spirit here. It's gone. Mm. Uh, But it's just awkward. I go in the room and I'm looking in the corner and I'm like, kind of like giving it a look. I'm just like, hmm okay do like, you feel it do you see it yes. or okay. I don't see it but I feel it you know it's okay uh-huh. so do you think she's scared of it or is she just scared because she's seen something that startled her because she was sleeping or I don't I don't know I don't know because like sometimes I'll hear her talk to it and she doesn't speak obviously good English yet so it's just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, but oh, I can understand happy. her I yeah. speak Kaya. It's, it's like a happy babbling. So I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. But I think, I, I don't know if it's a relative, like somebody watching over her, like a spirit guide, or if it's just something that I've brought in. I don't know. Interesting. But, um, maybe I there's should... more than one thing going on here. I haven't, I, I'm too scared to tap into it right now because I'm so busy. I don't want to, it's like, you don't want to. You just got to ask him to stay find. back for now. Like, I don't have time to, to right, delve that's into exactly this. What I, did. I was like, okay, hi. Yes. Okay. You come in peace. No negative stuff. Like I will sage this apartment. Okay. So <laughs> I'll bring some Palo Santo here. over when I, next time. I, <laughs> I'll come over. <laughs> um, 
we should get so you know i know i've talked about my my spiritual guru sort of um uh shaya um and i know she actually is gonna i, I think i mentioned this she's gonna come do do an episode with us she, she can do an interview she can do some readings um i've already i mean she's done a bunch of readings on me past life sort of not mediumship necessarily but she was doing a reading on me when a spirit came forward because you know you can't control that right when you're doing right. mediumship, you, you know the spirit side sees you and um it, I, I, i'm gonna get goosebumps but she wasn't doing a mediumship reading but i did have a spirit come through um to say Super hi cool yeah, which was, and that's a whole personal story stuff. So I'll save that. But we should have her come on. And I would love for her to read Kaya. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yeah. she just needs, you know, as her being a minor, she would need your permission. And obviously, you know, she would ask. Obviously, she's going to ask Kaya for her permission in her own way. She can give it. But. <laughs> Anyway, you guys, I'm sorry, which total, I was not even, <laughs> not even what I was planning to go with all this, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, welcome Lexi. She's kind of becoming a fixture, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of like reeled her in. Um, and, uh, we both watched the, there's a Netflix docuseries about this woman named Lori Vallow. Now, some of you guys may have heard of her before. There have been, um, Dateline episodes. There've been 2020 episodes. There's a podcast about it called, I think the madness of two. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of different things about it. Her name is Lori Vallow. She has a husband, Chad Daybell, and they called her like cult mom, doomsday mom, um, the story initially started coming out when she, like her kids were missing, uh, when we'll explain all the relations, but there's like a grandparents of her kids was like, I haven't talked to JJ in a while. Where she, where are they? Where are the kids? And that's kind of where the story initially kind of sprouted. That's when it made it to the media really. So there were a lot of like 2020s and things like that following the case from certain angles. <clears throat> But at the time, you know, those things were limited and especially in the actions, like the kids hadn't been found, the kids, kids' bodies hadn't been found yet. So there's, there's been a lot of variations on the story. I became obsessed with it. So when this Netflix one came out, I was like, what more can it teach me? I've seen everything I've read, you know, I've, I've heard of all the angles. This one I thought was really interesting because it was actually to told primarily from the perspective of her oldest son, Colby, which is somebody who is completely absent from the other ones. Um, mm -hmm. And his side, I would always, you know, you only got but bits and pieces of the story also because just of when the timeline of it came out, right? Um, and so so now like more stuff has come out. He, he obviously cooperated with this. You get a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, and it was interesting what this documentary or docu-series, whatever you want to call it, um, what it brought forward. Cause in some of the other ones I've seen, or, you know, listening to the podcast and stuff, there's like different details that were emphasized, you know, I think like this story is so absolutely insane. Like the top crime writers, like mystery novel or crime writers. I don't even think they could create a story as like twisted and awful and just like all over the place as This really truly was. It's so sad. It is. It is. And I actually, I was talking to some girlfriends about it. And um, one of them was like, I, I don't know if I can watch that because, you know, the kids and the triggering and all this stuff. And, and I get that. Totally get that. But yeah. 
what makes this story fascinating to me as you know, I love true crime stuff, obviously. So we've got that aspect. Um, but I also love cults, right? You do too. We love watching and reading these things about all these crazy cults. Um, I've actually been my hyper fixation on like YouTube video, not really YouTube videos, just other documentaries has been, um, like conspiracy theories right now, mm-hmm. which co- is cross. I think I crossed over from cults. Like, I, you know, if you like that, watch this, you know? So I've been watching a lot of stuff on these like crazy conspiracy theories and adrenal chrome and all this other stuff. Sorry, cute. Non. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm, all, you know, what? I'm all about conspiracy theories to a degree. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm fascinated watching that, these things. They're like mm-hmm. all of this stuff about it. So anyway, so she's got this cult, like they, they, there's this cult crossover that aspect. It's this religion, her crazy cult stuff is what to me was really the fascinating angle about this was watching her descent into madness. And maybe part of the reason why I, one of the, I really liked this docuseries. I liked how it was done. I loved seeing Colby's side of it. Um, he was able to give, you know, truthful sort of, you know, accurate, close details of stuff that I, you know, hadn't been, hadn't come out before. Um, and it's also um, her mother plays a prominent role in it as well. Um, and Lori Vallow's mother. And, you know, they both clearly, you know, are not on her side. They, they love her, but they believe that she, you know, had part of murdering, murdering these, these kids, which is, you know, spoiler alert. Um, but it's, it's, that's not really what the story's about. Although that is obviously huge. Um, it's, it's how all the rest of that, how that unravels and how that gets to that point where she and Chad are now awaiting trial for murder of these children and murder of his wife and her ex-husband and all this how, other and stuff. how many more people do you think that they would have murdered before they if they didn't get caught i mean they had that list you know and it's just like mm-hmm. wow crazy it's yeah it's absolutely crazy so um so let's get into it let us get into it pull up my notes on this here um, so like I said, it's on Netflix. It's called Sins of Our Mother. It's a three-part docuseries. So um, I know each one is like an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. Um decent, decent amount of time. Like each episode is kind of like decently long, but not super long, like not feature length each, if that makes sense. Um, but it's only three episodes. Um so <laughs> it opens with this scene, this body camage camera footage now if you don't know anything about the story you're not going to understand where this fits in but i love the way that they did this because they open with this body cam footage of a cop meeting with this guy named charles vallow who is or was Lori's ex-husband um, um who is now deceased um and he had called the cops on Lori because there was like we didn't know she didn't he didn't know where the kids were and he was like she's crazy and and she's starting to kill me and calls me a demon named ned and all of these things and when you're if you don't know anything about the story it's like who who's crazy she is or he is like he's, he's obviously trying to convince the cops that Lori's crazy and what we know now is all of this stuff was true and it was crazy but at the time, he's not able to really convince the cops of yeah. this. Yeah, and he was so calm. I mean, he... Yeah, know. yeah. So that's how we start, you know. So we start right off with that. And then we go into... Um, you got uh, 
Colby starting the story. And so when we open, and can we just talk about how hot Colby is? He is super, super attractive. <laughs> Good looking kid. Um, and he um, he starts off with like the cops showing up at his house and asking him if he knows where Tylee and JJ are. So that's where he brings us into the story. And then they go back and they, so they show this, you know, images of, you know, like it's, it's Colby and Lori's mom are sorting pictures, um, talking about how they can't really look at pictures of Lori right now. Um, they're just putting them away because, you know, may want them someday, you know, type of. Oh, sorry. I always do that. I knock that out. That's Technical hard. difficulties, everyone. I know. I'm always, always kicking that. Um, so we have, yeah, sorting pictures and stuff. So at least, so we start out with this overarching picture of there's some crazy stuff going on. Cops are involved. Her son and her mother are both not on her side. So that's where we enter the story. So we know that going in, which is good because like to me anyway, like I was happy knowing what I do about the story, like knowing that they don't believe her. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> she, they think she's as nuts as the rest of the world thinks she's nuts. Okay. So they, they're telling the story basically of how like Lori's chronology growing up and stuff and how they show her parents and they're, you know, they were religious. Dad seems kind of crazy a little bit on his religion. You know, mom, mom's like, yeah, we brought him up in the LDS church, but dad was like, well, then the devil's getting on her shoulder and all this stuff. And okay cast him out okay whatever you say sir uh we don't get a lot of her dad. <laughs> um they talk about how Lori had gotten married um and then i think had colby um and then got divorced and then married kylie's dad and had kylie um that was joe ryan is his name so she married this guy named joe ryan um, and, um, Colby talks about how, oh, wait, wait, first, first, Lori, like during that period, she's like, she's in the Miss, Mrs. Texas pageant. And then she goes on wheel of fortune. Her mom's talking about how she always wanted to be in the spotlight. They have an interview with Joe Ryan's sister, which is the sister, you know, her former sister-in-law talking about how Lori has always talked about herself as this super spiritual needing like extra validation that she hears from God herself, God himself, right? Like God told me I was going to be on Wheel of Fortune, you know, or whatever, you know, like she had to be extra special. It wasn't just that that's what God wanted. It was God told her specifically. Um, so they're setting up this picture of what Lori is, right? Colby talks about how her husband, Joe Ryan, started out really nice, but then turned out to be an asshole and turns out he starts physically abusing them and um sexual abuse too um colby talks about and i thought this was interesting because i remember watching like i think it might have been like the first 2020 or something about it and she had made these allegations we didn't hear any of this from colby we heard about it from a different perspective from like her perspective and people around her and stuff and it was all talking about how people just didn't believe her like i know i didn't believe her but hearing it from colby i do believe it well, I mean, you can't believe anything she says, so I don't. Right, exactly. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, um, 
Oh yeah. So, so turns out he's, you know, abusive to both the kids and to her. Um, and then we hear about the sexual abuse. Uh, then, then we have this clip, which is, I, I can't remember if it was a podcast clip or just like a recording she had made or somebody had made of her talking to, to friends in the church. And she's basically saying that she finding out that her husband had raped her kids, made her want to murder him, but instead she's going to turn to the temple and turn to service of God. Mm -hmm. Um, we cut to her brother, Alex Cox, who becomes her co-conspirator at, I guess at some point, um, doing stand-up comedy, talking about tasing him <laughs> in the nuts because he was a pedophile. I personally found that funny. I did too. You know, that they were trying to say like, he's not that funny of a comic. I found that bit. It's like, I thought it was going to parade. They gave me probation. He only got probation, which is cool too. He's like, turns out it was a felony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who knew? Um, so, so that's where we're at at this point in her, in her life. So then we have Lori meets Charles Vallow and who plays an important role in this story. Right. Um, she meets Charles. He joins the church. He converts to Mormonism and joins the church for her. In 2013, they adopt JJ. Um, now, the, the relationship of JJ is, so Charles has a sister named Kay. Kay has a son who had a baby that they can't take care of. That baby is JJ. So JJ is Kay's grandson. Now, um, so Charles is JJ's like great uncle. Is that how that relation works? If Kay and Charles are sister, brother and sister, and it's, I don't know, her grandson that be, makes, yeah, his great uncle. A great uncle, yeah. Yeah, I think it's his great uncle. So, because Kay and her and her husband are older, they want somebody uh, younger to be able to take care of, of JJ. So Charles and Lori adopt JJ. And JJ is autistic too. Not that that plays a role in anything, but just for point of information. Um, so they adopt him. So now they have Cody, who's older at this point, and we have Tylee, and then we have JJ. Um, and Cody is just super, super loves his siblings. Um, it's all good. Everything's happy, right? They like Charles life with Charles is good. Everything's good. But then I guess this is at this point is, is, is Cody's talking about how, or Colby is talking about how this is when she started to get like really way more into the church. He's calling it like idolatry and he's, re they're replacing pictures in the house of people like with like Jesus and temples and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's when she started, yeah, following the podcast too, right? Like, um, is that when, yeah, well, started. yeah, I think that's when she that started because then she goes to Kauai and that's when her her beliefs start showing more extremism. Yeah. Um. Uh oh. Technical. No, no, no. Your volume just seems kind of low, and I don't know if it's on my yep. or your end. It's my. Does it? How does that sound? A little bit better. Oh, okay. But I don't know if it's like my volume is down or 
my computer's getting really old. So, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So then they, they, they talk about how at this point they are, um, moved to Hawaii. They moved to the Island of Kauai because God told her to, of course. Um, now I personally have have, I've lived in Hawaii and, you know, God, God told me to move there too. So did the military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam, I'm it. waiting for that message because I'll, I'll I know, make, right? <laughs> send me God to fly. I want to go back. I want to go back. Um. So, um, <clears throat> they moved to Kauai, um, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous island. Um, and we we talked to a, a woman named April who was Lori's friend in Hawaii. And um, she identifies herself. She's, she had recently moved there. She met Lori through the church, through the LDS church. Um, and so they started, you know, becoming friends. But she said, her, you know, April was saying Lori's views at this point sort of started getting more and more extreme, mm-hmm. um, saying that she was talking to an angel, like the angel Morona, which I don't know Mormon doctrine, but I think that's... An angel within Mormon doctrine? Angel. I don't know. Um, in any case, that's what she's saying. So she's getting these messages from Morona. Um, then they move back to Arizona. Uh, Colby talks about how that's where he met his wife, Kelsey. That's He ends up ultimately like staying there in Arizona. Um, he'd known Kelsey his whole, like, I guess they'd known each other all through school. And then it was in college that they started dating. And then... Um, they got married and um, I guess Kelsey took him to a Christian church rather than a LDS church. And Lori, <laughs> Lori started doing, I guess, that typical mother-in-law thing where she's really protective and controlling over her kid. And like the wife is trying to t- take the son away from the mom and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lori felt she was taken away from the LDS. Kelsey said that she was always competing with her and trying to control her. Um, Kelsey starts talking here about how bizarre Lori was acting and how, and and so my personal, like, let's talk about Kelsey for a minute here. I think she was really instrumental in helping to bring all of this to light. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so, so Kelsey and, you know, and, and Colby are doing their thing. Um, they start talking about how, like when they got married, it was really weird that, Tylee wasn't there yeah Tylee apparently was on a ski trip during the wedding yeah nobody told them that nobody told anybody like what the hell why would you do that why Kylie would want to be there based on it seemed like their her relationship with Colby like yeah why would you why like that's just super bizarre and weird but I mean I've heard some crazy mother-in-law stories I mean I watch come on I watch um my big fat American gypsy wedding Okay, I've seen a couple episodes. Those people talk about some fucking crazy mothers in law. (laughs) Yeah, we could always make a trip to West Virginia. That's not that far. You know, it's not even that far from from you, Montgomery County. Well, I'm in Anne Arundel, but well, yeah, but you don't you work part? Don't you partially work in in Montgomery County? Yeah, like up near there, and like yeah, definitely like Morgantown, West Virginia. I think they're out there, but there's also, um. Frederick near Frederick, yeah. Maryland. Yep. There's like a whole community. Uh, we should go up there and have lunch one day. We should. 
<laughs> Harper's Ferry while we're at it. Why not? <laughs> um, let's go go further into West Virginia and find the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen that documentary, right? I have. I have. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think we covered that on our Patreon years ago. Oh, did you? Oh my god! Anyway, <laughs> back to crazy. So, okay, so. The wedding. Okay, so they're talking about that. Um, then they they flashed the the former sister-in-law again, talking about how Lori at this point was becoming like a doomsday prepper and yeah. times obsessed, literally like buying all the things for like the bunker, right? Yeah. Now, please, okay, are, are you a doomsday prepper? No. Okay. No, I will die. I have nothing. I yeah. don't know how to start a fire. I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. yeah. If doomsday were to come, I know how to shoot a gun. Um, you have I guns? Have, I don't have a gun. That's a problem. <laughs> I know how to shoot one, but I don't own any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and also at the wedding, well, Kelsey was talking about real quick. She was like, yeah, um, Lori told me that Jesus loved me, but that she he loved her more. I just thought- Oh, yeah. That yeah. was crazy. Sorry. That, I think, though, is so, <laughs> it, like, it's so telling of all of that, right? It shows, like, the jealousy- Yes. Of the mother-in-law about like the girl taking my son away. But it's also the thing that the mother-in-law or the sister-in-law was talking about, about how she always had to be like one up you in God. Right. 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 (laughs) Hey, fraudcasters. I'm here to talk about factor meals again. Yes. I love my factor meals. That's factormeals.com slash broadcast 50. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you are ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, the cooking fatigue, all of that nonsense. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions for when I'm too busy to cook and frankly just don't want to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With their offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy for my New Year goals and they can help you too. Factor is everything I need for a week of flavorful, completely nutritious eats. In addition to the ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, which is what I love, veggie sides, and way more to keep me energized during this kind of a frantic time. Head to factormeals.com slash broadcast50 and use code broadcast50 to get 50% off. That's code broadcast50 at factormeals.com slash broadcast50 to get 50% off. Hey, fraudcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra 
that I can wear. But not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows. This is when she starts going off the crazy train on the Doomsday Prepper stuff, but she's not completely over the over it yet <laughs> not yet over yeah. that cliff but she's talking about how the end times is coming and it's it's going to be so scary and it might be that it's going to be so scary that it might be easier to just go off a drive off a cliff now yep that's what she said yeah with everyone in the car yep. yeah this is what Lori says to the sister-in-law sister-in-law is like the fuck now I don't know a lot about religious doctrine. I'm very spiritual, but I'm not at all religious. So I don't know a lot of theology and, you know, and all that stuff. But this, this, I've, you know, this doomsday, this end of times, and then the second coming of Jesus, like, I can't pretend that I understand and know all of that and what that story is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But they talk about this, like, end times is supposed to be like this date in July of 2020. And in every couple of years, you get another doomsday group talking about this, right? Like yeah. everybody's saying next week's going to be the end of times. It's going to be the end of times. And then you have to be, what is it? Like you have to be righteous and you will be, I don't know if this is where they start talking about the 144,000. I think that might be later. I think it's later. Okay. That will um, like build the world. But I learned about that from listening to these and watching these stories, right? It's like they explained the 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 quote unquote religious culty belief systems of these people. Um, so yeah, I don't I, I don't know necessarily <laughs> like what, but so she's prepping for this end times. Jesus is gonna come. She's obviously gonna survive it because she's just super special. You know, God's favorite she's child. Or whatever. Us all. <laughs> yep um and then so and then i guess alex joins her her brother alex joins her and they go off like the deep end together they have this really bizarre relationship with each other yeah you know what it reminded me of and this is maybe a reference that like makes no sense to anybody else but if anybody read like the other boleyn sister the other boleyn girl i'm not or um any of those stories there was a movie made about it and stuff but like Anne Boleyn who was married to King Henry the whatever okay. eighth or whatever he was um before her the the king slept with her sister like and she had a baby but she had her had it out of wet, wedlock um so there was this whole like the king wouldn't recognize the kid because he's not a real heir blah 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 but Anne Boleyn was very um you know, social climbing wanted to be, you know, her whole family was trying to push her and, and trying to make her the, the, to marry, marry the king. They had a brother who had this weird ass relationship with Amblin that, that was very similar to this. And if any of you guys know what the fuck I'm talking about, please, please comment about how, and then like Anne Boleyn couldn't get pregnant. Anne Boleyn, when she was married to King Henry, couldn't get pregnant, and then <laughs> Wait, was she it came back. That disease, or that like he was born 
Um, she suddenly appeared pregnant, but then when she had the baby, the baby had like massive birth defects. Mm. And the suspicion is that it was actually fathered by the brother, and that's why. Oh, yeah. Mm. That might be a conspiracy theory. I don't know. I, I don't follow the tutors that that like uh, I'm not that into them. I don't know enough about it to know if it's like a out there conspiracy theory or that I don't know. But that's yeah. what this reminds me of. So this relationship with Alex and Lori reminds me of Amberlynn's relationship with her brother. Yeah. And she was so manipulative that God knows what she said or did to make him be like her right hand man. I mean, mm -hmm. he was there to protect her through everything, literally killing for her. I mean, yeah, insane. Tasing people. I mean, it was so, so bizarre. Now we have people who follow the fraudcast and stuff and who listen or on the frauded media, Instagram and stuff who live in this area. I did see uh, a comment. Yeah, I saw. And I had a couple people message me that they live in the area. And I, and, and I also commented publicly and stuff. But if you live in that area, I'm super interested in hearing local reaction to it. Because you guys have known this story for a lot longer than the rest of us have. It only came to like this national news story um, after the welfare check in November of 2019. Um, which we'll get to. We haven't gotten to that yet, but um, I would, yeah, and and everything that's going around, like this little town of Rexburg, you know. Um, but from what you guys have said so far, it's really fucking bizarre. But like everything that came out on the that I hadn't seen yet about this 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 story, um, the messages that I got were like, yeah, no, you guys have known that stuff for a long time. <laughs> a lot of yeah. those details. So I would love to um, hear more about that. Um, maybe also jump in on the Facebook group, which has very quietly been reactivated. Well, it's a new one. It's a new Facebook group um, for the broadcast. We used to have one for the Patreon and that got shut down years ago, but I slowly, quietly am making a new one. So I'll link it down below if you want to go talk about it over there. Anyway, um, so this is where the podcast group comes into play. Now, did you understand what it meant? Like, were they all listening to podcasts together? Or are they just creating podcasts? Like, what do you know what they meant by oh, podcasts? No. And I haven't, I haven't looked it up because I'm too scared to see what I find if I look up the podcast that they did. So I'm not sure who they were doing it for. I'm assuming everyone. I don't know if it was on a big platform or not. I have no idea. Yeah. So the this podcast group is what yeah. they refer to it. And this is where they meet this woman named Mel Melanie Gipp. Um, who comes into play later, who actually went to the cops later. And um, that's kind of why, part of why we have this on national attention is because she actually stepped in and did something. But can we talk about the creepy podcast voices? That, yeah, it made me scared to even do any more podcasts with you. <laughs> I don't want to, oh my God, if I sound like that. Why? Because, um, because you wanted to talk about the end times are coming. And this is no, I can't even do it. I can't oh. even imitate it. And you know what's scary? I feel like Chad Daybell's voice is <gasps> literally demonic. It's yes, it's so quiet and like so quiet and creepy. It is. I, I actually have goosebumps right now. Literally, I said his name. I'm getting goosebumps. Oh my god! Oh, oh. Um, I can't. Like I can't even imitate it. Right? No, it's it's scary. 
it's very scary. Um, but yeah, the whole thing is absolutely creepy. I mean, not just what they're talking about. I mean, it's like uh, the voices. It's what they're talking about. Like this. This is where. Okay, doomsday preppers. Like it's batshit. But there's TV shows about that. Like that's not completely out there. Listen, I have a friend. He's got a whole basement. He's got a gun case. He has food just like them. But he's not like one of those that's like the lord is coming to kill us or you know blah 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 blah. i mean he's just ready in case something happens in case you have to go bunker down for months yeah but he's not you know constantly living in this fear of like the end of the world type situation it's just like well shit could happen and i'm gonna be prepared if it does but it's not like a fear every day of like i have to do this i have to do this or else Mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know not make it um but yeah i think there's like a a very wide range of of preppers there's yeah you know from some stocking up to absolutely batshit crazy yeah and like the reason why they're stocking up you know and 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 so like at this point this is where this podcast stuff that's where i think shit just kind of like starts to really like because this is where they're talking about the end times and um about like um the podcast talk about you know the uh, the righteous and this and that um she she meets um let's see what it says uh, so Cody Colby talks about how he and Tylee were talking about how weird mom is um her mom mentions the comment that they noticed that she was being kind to some odd ducks is how she referred to him when she's talking about like this Zuelma woman and everything like they're all cuckoo but like okay Aaron's just kind of like whatever um so then but then like Colby was excited right like Zuelma's weird but she's mom's got friends so you know it's yeah. good, right so this is when Lori starts going to conferences about the end of times you know, that's when it gets serious, right? Yeah. <laughs> like when you get serious about a topic is when you go start going to conferences about it. Yep. <laughs> um, and so it's all about like end times and the people are prepping, you know, prepping for the whatever, blah, 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 blah. And that's where she meets Chad and all his books. <laughs> Here comes Chad and his weird affect. So not just on the podcast, but just talking in general, his affect is so weird. Mm-hmm. like that it's just like he he strikes me as this guy who's very beta male another one like we were talking about cody right of of sister wives i feel like he's um kind of beta male and this is a way the this whole thing that he comes up with about his near-death experience and seeing beyond the veil and all the other crap yeah. that we're about to talk about like I feel like it's his way of like puffing himself up and being like oh yeah big man you know what I mean yeah and obviously he's good at well I don't think he's good at talking necessarily but to some people he's a smooth talker manipulative I mean like his one friend said that growing up he was like the top number one Mormon recruiter I guess you could say oh yeah yeah you know? so he, the guy he had he did a way that. of bringing people in and I feel like again I didn't study religion I studied psychology psychology and Spanish in undergrad but I will say that <laughs> like these people have a way of you know manipulating and taking control and it's like I think that like evil shows up like how how do I say this um they, they always say in different religions like evil presents itself as being good and mm-hmm. I feel like 
he's the master manipulator that, oh, like he's in the church, he's doing this, he's wanting everybody to be prepared. He's a smooth talker. He's like the example of like a pure evil soul that's like coming for everyone. I don't know. Yeah, like so they 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 oh, it's so weird. Oh. Um so w- with Chad, now that we're introducing Chad to the picture, right? So we've gotten Lori chronologically to this point. So now we get Chad and they're saying to under this like person who's like a forensic psychologist talking about Chad and he's like to understand Chad you have to like go back years. Um and they show some interview with some friends, one who's this guy Ben who served a mission, his mission with him. Um is to your mission and that's what you're talking about. Really good really you know like he had these great conversions like number, I guess, you know, you're judged by God God doesn't judge you but he judges the number of people you can convert to Mormonism. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but they said he got a lot um and he was really like just, you know, in that kind of charismatic way, which is so funny to me because you look at him there's no charisma about him at all. Not that we see, but we already know what he's like. I'm curious to see like if you were to just meet him, like no idea who he was, maybe he knocked at your door. Knock knock. It's the LDS church. There he is. I don't know. What would he say? Knock, knock. God here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, you know, we because we already know like what he is, but it, it would just be really interesting to see how he did it. I mean, how did he do it? He got people. He got people to listen to him. Yeah. So um, he has to believe his own hype. I'd really be interested yeah. in a psychological like uh, like look on how this happened with these people, because I think and we can talk about more about this. But like, I really feel that like Lori actually believes this stuff oh 100 i don't think she she's not able to decipher between fantasy and reality like she yeah is yeah and she actually is found not competent for a period of time right um and we can we'll t- yeah i want to talk more about all that stuff the, the psychological aspect but do you think chad really believes this that is a great question and i feel like we got so much information on Lori's side We've gotten her family to talk. We've so we kind of know more a lot. We know a lot yeah. more about her. I feel like we didn't necessarily, mm-hmm. in, at least in this documentary, get a lot about him. We got you know a little bit, but I truly believe that he knows what's right and wrong. I think he literally is demonic and he knows what he's doing and he is a mastermind. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And I think he found prey. Like I think Lori was beautiful and she was easily manipulated and sh- and i think that he took control of her in a weird sense of however he did it but I, I i do think he did know what was going on that's my opinion okay so that's interesting um yeah because I, I i i don't know about him so they talk about how chad is cliff diving bonks his head or something has this near-death experience and it's at that point that he claims that he can now see beyond the veil is was that validated by the way the cliff like the accident itself i don't know terrifying? but i imagine like they wouldn't have put it in there right okay. you know i'm you know i was just curious if you made up the story i had a near-death experience and you know i mean i don't know yeah what where did that come from like it i imagine because the, the way that they put it 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 seemed like it, they had confirmed that information that, that actually occurred yeah. um you know that the accident itself happened. So he, whatever, has this cl- near-death experience, whatever it is, cliff diving. And that's when he's, oh, excuse me. Yeah, it's Dr. Pepper. Making yeah, I was gonna say Dr. Pepper. There's that Dr. Pepper. Sorry, guys. Um, 
and that he's now a prophet is what he's saying. Okay. Also, also they talk at this point about how he had met Tammy, his wife, Tammy, shortly after he returned from his mission and they got married and had a pass little kids, which is, you know, Mormon lifestyle timeline one-on-one, right? You go on your mission, you marry, you have babies, right? Um, so they have a bunch of kids. Um, the friends are saying that like she's the more lively of the one and that he basically married the first woman like that he dated which is kind of what they do right mm-hmm. i mean from what i understand they don't have sex until they're married and so they're gonna get married yeah and they get married real young and you yeah. know it's it's always like the girls go to you know they talk about byu to get their mrs degree and they meet a recently returned missionary after you know or whatever and then they they go get married and have a bunch of kids like that's what they do no judgment whatever that's what they do so that's what he was doing um he's a good husband he's a good father and then he starts writing his books and speaking at conferences and then he starts his own publishing company probably because the shit he's writing is completely batshit and nobody else would publish it yeah (laughs) so let's talk about the books that he that he authored can we you read any of the books i have not read the books I haven't either. I don't want to support it by buying it. Not that I don't Oh, know, God, no. But I am interested to see what craziness he has to say it, to a degree. It's like, okay. well, I, say, I don't want to know, but I do want to know. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to tell you the names of the books that he wrote. Well, I, I had to sort through here because ones that he wrote versus ones he's mentioned in. But he's talking about like, these are uh, Living on the Edge of Heaven the title 2017 in 2015 he'd written days of fury he wrote one evading babylon he wrote the great gathering one foot in the grave and the rise of zion reclaiming liberty marital law (laughs) doug's dilemma now these are doug's dilemma the emma trilogy takes a trip through time as a missionary oh it's a fiction book okay i was gonna say that has to be well no with this story anything is possible so. right yeah no so apparently he wrote a set of some fiction books about mormon fiction and life and missionary uh in the 1860s oh case okay, so that's your your jam um so yeah, he writes all these books about doomsday property. What we find out is, you know, he's basically trying to create his own religion here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then we're introduced to this woman, Julie Rowe, who is your favorite person <laughs> on the show. I already know this. <laughs> oh my God. This woman, Julie, <laughs> she is this woman who they list her as a former friend of Chad Daybell's. She is an LDS woman who has what do they call them prophetic 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 ability ability yes which she's speaking out on because women aren't supposed to have that much less speak out about yeah but she works for the 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 light and Chad Davo works for the for the dark yes so at one point she said something about how they probably oh these people probably thought Chad was out there as if she were not right (laughs) right Mm-hmm. oh my god i love her she's so she she 100 believes her own stuff she yeah. says all the stuff without a hint of irony without a hint of anything like she 100 lock stock believes this stuff right mm-hmm. 
Um, so she's talking about past lives, which I actually agree with. I do comment. too. Everybody's had a past life. There are sometimes people who have not had a previous mortal life, mm-hmm. but most of us have had multiple, many, many of them. I absolutely 100% agree with that. Um, she also says that she believes that we're at the end times. Clarification, I do not believe that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> and Chad published her first five books. Yeah. Y'all, there's lots of people writing lots of books about this end times. Yeah. I mean, what better way to like control the people is to make them believe that there's an end time coming up, right? Like, how do you control a, a group of people? Well, there's this end time coming up. We all got to do this, this, and this. You better listen to me. Follow me. Right, because he's in Idaho. And this is what he does, right? Is he yeah. basically says he's the only one who can get this information. So they got to listen to him to mm-hmm. get this information, right? So this is where they start talking about the 144,000, right? Which is not something that they created. That's comes from whatever doctrine somewhere. Um, but so she's, well, this girl, Julie's talking about how Chad had this weird ranking system where he could quote unquote, like rank people according to the number of past lives they've had. Like he can see that. He's Mm -hmm. like, that's one of his gifts is that he's saying he can see that. I don't believe that he can do that. I don't believe anybody can necessarily do that. Um, And I can't like even somebody with great gifts, I don't think can like great spiritual gifts can look at you and say, oh, you've had 16 past lives. No, like, I don't think it works that way, but whatever. She says it's wrong because God doesn't rank people. That's Mm -hmm. why she thinks it's wrong. Not that he can't see it, but that it's because God doesn't do that. Which is just, I think she did mention that only, no, I think she did mention something about he can't, he can't rank people like only God can, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um, so they talk about the, how there's going to be this apocalypse and only 144,000 righteous souls will be the ones saved and carry on the work of God into eternity. This is the belief of the 144,000. And that after the apocalypse, that Rexburg, Idaho is right. going to be the new spiritual capital, the new, the new Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yep. Um, <laughs> and he's going to lead all these people in this, this church of ver- the firstborns is what Julie, this Julie woman calls it. Um, and, and, and that Julie's like, no, that's wrong because only Jesus does that. Not him. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's like, whatever, but it, no, <laughs> you know, I, I guess they have tell people he was Jesus, to be honest. I mean, he's so crazy. I'm, actually yeah, he kind of did you know but you're you're right i don't know if i would be interested in seeing more communications and more things from his side like his children his sons mm-hmm. or, or no that was a yeah no chad chad's children yes yes and i was thinking charles vallow's sons although i that's a separate story that i would love to hear um because we haven't even gotten to charles dying yet <laughs> <laughs> So, so this is the belief system that he's, and he's like, so he's like, he and um, Lori uh, meet, right? Yeah. And they're texting each other and they're like, oh, we've met before. We've had past lives before. Oh, I've known. He, they're showing some texts between the two. Yeah. And one of them is like, I, Chad to, to, to Lori say, I feel like I've known you oh so long. <laughs> oh, so long. I quote, what the fuck is that who writes like that i don't know i think they both like can you picture that in his 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 creepy monotone affect podcast voice 
No. Yes, I can. And it's awful. I feel like I've known you oh so long. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um basically at this point so this is they're trying to like they're they're putting out the the idea here that you know chad believed he's going to lead this church and that his writings should be taken as scripture basically trying to create this new religion on the back of mormonism is what the how they describe it um i you know okay um and this is what i'm talking about do you think he really believes this stuff or do you like you said he, you felt he's demonic. He knows right from wrong and he's doing this he, to like whatever. But do you think it's because he really believes that the end times are coming and that he's going to lead this no, church? No, I okay. think he really is just trying to do what he's trying to do. Be destructive and all powerful. That's mm. that's my opinion. I think he's out to kill people and to like be an evil de- demon on earth. I know it sounds crazy to some people. No, but you know I, what? I that actually makes the most sense to me, the most rational sense than than either 100% believing that he's going to lead this this afterlife thing or whatever, yeah. um, after apocalypse life. I don't know. It's so hard to because, like, especially with studying psychology. I mean, I do have like the scientific belief that yes, there are mental illnesses, 100%. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you know, you, it's like I do believe in possession. I do believe in demonic. Uh, and so where do you draw the line between mental health and spiritualism religion demons i don't know it's like a very sometimes thin line i feel like well with with that explanation so that kind of makes sense that like he's kind of like this demonic spirit like he doesn't necessarily believe that he's gonna go run this church he's just came up with this idea as a means of being able to control like you said, control Lori, control all these, kill all these people, mastermind killing all these people or whatever, because they're demons. And we'll get to that. Um, Cause again, we still haven't murdered Charles yet. <laughs> We're about to get there. <laughs> um, and then um, and with her, possibly there's a, a little twist of mental illness in there mm-hmm. that he exploited, was able to exploit with yeah. his thing. Yeah. I- and it's like a part of me says like she's evil, she's evil, and maybe she is. She too, is a hundred percent. But um, I do think that she was easily manipulated. Yeah, and I do believe that she truly believed in what she did, and you could hear it in those conversations she had with her son Colby on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's like, "What?" It, oh, I guess we're gonna get to that too. But like, what did but- happen? Well, you just don't understand. Like what? Yeah, and she's like, "I promise you, one day you'll understand." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that to me is like really believing what you did. Yeah. I mean, there is- And why you did it. Yeah, yeah. So this is, mom Mom comes on basically says, okay, Lori changed when she met Chad. So now we're intersecting. So we've we've raised Lori up to this point. We've gotten Chad up to this point. Now they meet each other and we have more creepy podcast voices of them talking. Um, Lori's friend from Hawaii says that Lori had told her that Charles was dead and being occupied by a demon named Ned, whatever, mm-hmm. um, apparently used a different name with other people, but that the ne- demon needed to die. Yes. So this is where we start talking about demons <laughs> yeah, or zombies or whatever, all of the things that she ends up talking about. Um, Col- we have Colby then talking about how Lori tells Colby that she found out Charles 
had been cheating on her for years. Um, Colby talks to Charles and Charles is like running around talking about how crazy Lori is and that she thinks everybody's demons. And, uh, you know, he's recounting all of the crazy things that she's thinking and saying, but nobody believes him. Right. right. He's like, I never cheated on her. Yada, yada. She's making stuff up. She's crazy. Colby is like, shut the fuck up. Deal with your own drama. He viewed it as that's just a way a guilty person was acting. He got caught and he's acting guilty and he's trying to do whatever he can to make Lori look bad so that he can win. So he's like emailing all the full family and all this stuff. And Colby's like, get the fuck out. I don't care. That's your drama. I don't want to deal with your shit. Figure it out. Um, Charles also says that Lori thought she was some kind of superior being being. Um, he goes on a business trip and while he's gone, like he goes to Texas on a trip. And then while he's gone, she packs all his stuff up, parks his car, like at the airport, all this stuff. He comes back, he drives to her house, calls the police, which is where the body cam footage from the very beginning. This is where we're back. We're intersecting with that. So He's calling the police because kids aren't there. He's trying to tell the cops that he's afraid for the kids. He's afraid for his own life. He doesn't know what Lori's going to do. She has said that he's a demon named Ned and that he's going to she's going to kill him. And da, 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 da. by the way, all of this is 100 percent true. She has said all of these things and yep. all of it 100 percent actually happens. Yep. But at this point, the cops don't believe a word he's saying. They think she, he's crazier than she is. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. you know and then there was an incident the following day where <clears throat> they're at the school i think he goes to like charles goes to the school to meet jj there or i don't know i don't know this i couldn't re- figure out the specific details but they he wanted to see his kids i think and he knew that she would be dropping them off at school yeah there to see his kids and then he like somehow takes her purse he like reaches in the car and grabs her keys and purse i guess out of the mm-hmm. um and he's also talking to the cops about how he had gotten committal paperwork for her yeah. meaning you know like a 72 hour you know uh check the welfare you know for a crazy train type of thing mm-hmm. So the cops bring her in, basically. She's in the in being interviewed by the police. She's got Tylee there with her. So this isn't any kind of appropriate, proper interview. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're talking to her about what happened, and, and they're completely 100% captivated by her and obviously believe her, not him. And they're saying, look, he, he, he was able to get this committal paperwork based on whatever he said to them. You know, we're not going to come, like, chasing you down, but if you're there, we're going to take you in. You might want to just do it yourself. Go yeah. get an evaluation if somebody is legit crazy and they need to be committed or evaluated like let them be evaluated they're clearly sidestepping this <laughs> i want to know what happened in the police review of this i can't wait to see the when it goes to trial i can't mm-hmm. wait to see the actual evidence because it's going to be fascinating to see what reports were written what was said um yeah, it'll be very interesting. She's yeah. a master manipulator. That's where it's like, but she's also sick. And it's like narcissists and, you know, pe- certain people are so good at lying and so good mm-hmm. at manipulation. Um, and the right people. Yeah. And they did here. Um, and and because a friend of mine referred to the story as another example of <clears throat> pretty white women getting away with shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 100% true. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like middle class, white, 
woman, suburban, um, ex-beauty queen or whatever. That's her eyelashes. Like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. My ex-husband, he's cheating. He's saying all kinds of crazy things. She was so poised and so just, uh, and her responses, they were just, look, I, you know, oh my goodness. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh my God, really? I know. And it just kept going on and on and on. And, and, um, Oh my God. Well, and like the other part, I don't remember who said it, but they were just like, this woman moved his car and took everything out of the house and got rid of his stuff. I don't know what happened to the stuff. Did he get it back? What happened to the laptop and the clothes? And I mean, that's a red flag. Like, even if you're in a divorce or a breakup or whatever, you don't just completely get rid of the other person's stuff. A laptop. It was like Christine packing up Cody's boxes and putting right. them in the garage. But she packed them up and left them for Cody. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I think, and it's, you don't just throw them away or sell them or whatever the hell she did with this stuff. Well, okay. And then, so this whole thing. So, okay. Let's get to him being, uh, Charles being murdered. Okay. <laughs> so she goes and gets the psyche eval and everybody, and she's fine. So everyone's just like, whatever. Charles is just batshit crazy. Right. Then we have, we bring Adam into the picture. Adam is the other brother um, of, of Alex and Lori. Charles and Adam get along. So Adam doesn't buy into whatever Lori and Alex are doing. So Adam believes Charles. He's like the only person in the family that believes Charles. So they're talking, talk about how they found this email that Lori had sent under Charles's name to chat and it's talking about charles's time as like a minor league baseball player you should interview him that's going to be great in in arizona or whatever what it was was Lori sending this email under charles's name to chad so that it would provide cover to tammy chad's wife giving chad a reason to come to arizona and see Lori. mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Talk about like she's cover, trying to cover her tracks, right? Right. Right. So Charles found this and he's like, I'm gonna go talk to Tammy. Um, but then he tells Lori that he's gonna talk to Tammy and he knows all this stuff. And I think that's where his fatal mistake was. Yes. Well, you right? know when you're in love and you you're not thinking clearly. Um, yeah, yeah. When you're well, I would say when you're young, he's not young, but yeah, he, but because she's now aware that he's aware and he's going to go blow all this stuff up. That I think is what sets into action. All of the, the events that lead to Charles being killed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Adam goes to help stage the family intervention. Um, they show texts between Lori and Alex talking about the need to kill Ned slash Charles. Mm-hmm. Ned, the demon version of Charles. Right. Because Charles um, is no longer here. It's the demon now. Take yes, it. yes, yes. So that's how they justify this, right? So Charles has been replaced by this person named Ned, who's a demon and or a zombie, and that person can be killed so we can set Charles free. Mm-hmm. And they can go on to the 144,000 Church of the New- Newborns post-apocalyptic Rexburg, Idaho. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go to the scene where... Charles is actually murdered. Now, the way this all goes down, this is stories told to us with uh, police body cam footage as well as some interviews with some of the people that are involved. So basically what happens is she has she's at home. She had just moved to the area or whatever. Lori is. Um, and Alex is there. 
she'd asked Alex to come over. The story she gives the police is that she'd asked Alex to be there because she was afraid Charles was going to come over and be mean, which is apparently exactly what happened. <laughs> According to the story Lori gives to the police is that Charles came over. They got in a fight. Tylee came out with a bat to protect her mom. Something happened where she where Charles took the bat from her and she ran back into another room. Alex comes out of his room with a gun, shoots Charles in the head after Charles allegedly hits Alex in the back of the head with a baseball bat. Correct. That's the story that Lori gives. And that after the shooting happened, she took the kids to Burger King and then JJ to school and then to the Walmart to buy flip-flops for her entirely before returning back to talk to the police about the fact that her brother just shot her husband. Yep. Because that's what I do. I say I go to Burger King and Walmart yeah. <laughs> after my husband yeah. is shot. It's <laughs> absolutely. And there's no history of physical abuse from Charles. None. Mm -mm. So that's a red flag, obviously. Do I think he was probably heated and was yelling? Of course. Um, do I think he ever touched anyone? Probably not. And yeah. I think it was set up 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, so who hit him in the head? Do you think? Or I think he hit himself. Did he, I think I he, like did Lori do it or did he hit himself? I, I'm thinking he hit himself. Mm -hmm. um, maybe he had Lori hit him. I don't know, but he yeah. did something so that he could get the the mark on the back of his head. So yeah. because when he calls the cops, and I'm always like, you know, I, I listen to enough and watch enough true crime that when someone calls and says, "I shot him in self defense" on the 911 call, you know they're already setting up their their defense, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, so. He calls 911, tells him, tells 911 that he shot his brother in self-defense, his brother-in-law and whatever, just in self-defense. Um, which the tone of it was very creepy. It sounded almost like the podcast tone. Mm -hmm. I shot, I shot him in self-defense. Okay, there is no emotion to that. Like if you shot yeah. somebody, wouldn't you be no matter if it was your enemy or not, you would be emo you'd be full of emotions. Complete emotion yes. lists affect yeah absolutely i mean like if if the scenario that she they paint to the police like was the actual scenario there would be a lot more adrenaline i mean you you there would have to be right a lot more adrenaline a lot more of that going on and he's just sitting there chill Lori's laughing after having gone to burger king and getting you know her and tylee who's 17 at that point whatever so they come back <clears throat> Smug and, you know, they're face, just smug laughing yeah so this at this point okay so then we move on we're introduced to this reporter from arizona his name is justin lum and he's awesome and he takes an interest in this story the shooting and, and stuff because he's like something's just not right about it I, and he was saying how they're like the only local media to take any attention you know take any interest in the story he's like something just wasn't right about it he's like i had no idea how you know what it would turn into but i knew something wasn't right about the situation yeah so he started he he starts digging into this case as well and he tells a really great version of like all of the stuff that happens to come um so then yeah <laughs> like um the story yeah the story about how like J charles put jj in the car to take him to school came back in to get his phone she had quote unquote found something on his phone yeah it was that supposed to like be in addition to what she had already allegedly found about him cheating? I don't know, but she uses that as the quote unquote like 
a catalyst for this fight that turn, results in in Alex shooting Charles. Um, so then, <laughs> um, Lori tells Colby that Charles is dead, and Colby and Kelsey, his wife Chelsea, are like, or Kelsey are like, uh, something doesn't sound right about this, right? And 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 Kelsey yeah. kind of takes an interest in this at this point too. Colby comes in back at the you know murder scene colby talks about charles being his only real father figure and that how could she have lied about mm-hmm. this because Lori originally says that like there was a heart attack and then says she Lori texts she sends a she text the charles's kids your dad is dead and then ghosts them and, and ghosts them for hours how what kind of monster I know of all the things that she does in this thing, some reason, this particular thing, maybe it's because the first time we're really hearing about Charles's sons and this whole other part of these lives that have been ruined by Lori and Chad. But Uh I don't know. There was something about that, that of all the horrible things that she's done, that to me was particularly egregious. (laughs) And I mean, she's not a smart criminal either, because if you were actually smart, you wouldn't be, texting that i mean you would show more emotion she's like a sociopath like she has literally no emotions like she doesn't know how to she's trying to like fit in right she's trying to um you know she has her story planned out but she's not doing it she's obviously not doing it 100 percent. right so she texts the sons that tells them that he died and then ghosts them for hours they're like what happened she's like oh she doesn't know she's waiting on the medical examiner right yeah um and then she tells JJ's school that he had committed suicide. So right now we're at three different stories about his death. Like you said, not a smart criminal. No, but why the police didn't do a thorough investigation and interview everyone? Like it would have been easy to point that out, right? Three different stories right there. Right. At right. the beginning of the investigation, you know? Right. Like- I mean, later, obviously this, right. this gets handled, but um, <laughs> um so um <coughs> excuse me Lori then calls the life insurance place finds out like this is a couple days after the death and now i don't know what the average time is that's acceptable to call an insurance place but i'm not like a couple days after a death i'm not judging as a general matter because whatever in her case i'm judging her right <laughs> Lori calls them finds out <coughs> excuse me that she is no longer the beneficiary of the $1 million policy that he had. (laughs) (laughs) But see, if he, if she was killing him because he was demonic and possessed, what does the life insurance money have anything to do with possession? I feel like it was just an excuse in a way. Like to me, she would have had a goal and that was to call, get life, collect life insurance as well. Yeah, so they can then fund their crazy madness. With right, the, I think that's demons. what it was. The money and getting rid of demons were equally important. Yeah. I think were the were were both were both the the compelling factors there is what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know later we also find out that that Tammy Chad's wife had a million dollar policy too, and mm-hmm. he ends up collecting like four hundred thirty thousand dollars off of that. Um. And and the reporter talks about how, you know, this clear financial motive was yeah. happening, you know. But I think if you go with the theory that that Lori 100% believed this hook, line, and sinker, 
the money isn't as important to her. Like she wasn't killing him so that she could get money and go live a lavish lifestyle. She, she was, was killing him because what? I think Chad was talking in her ear. Yeah. No, this is what we have to do. Yeah. And Love she believed that she needed the money, like you right. said, to fund their next phase of this church or whatever god spoke to me and told me that the money i who knows what the hell he said to her but whatever it was it worked right and then they talk because we talk more about how oh so and so turns guess i i we got bad news <laughs> we got bad news about so and so they turned into a zombie yeah about 10 o'clock last night it happened these oddly specific incidents of where these things happen <laughs> what because yeah. he does this when he's talking about tammy becoming a de- or, or you know all when they talk about these people becoming demons or zombies they they talk about it like as if it happened in an instinct 10 p.m last night they turned yeah. into a zombie we'll have to take care of them mm-hmm. set them free like, yeah it's... what happened at 10 p.m tuesday like i don't know about you but i'm watching like survivor <laughs> like <laughs> It's not, it's not a prophetic experience. I mean, sometimes watching like 90 day can be like, you know, soul sucking, but I'm not really losing my soul. Mind numbing. <laughs> Mind numbing. I'm not really losing my soul to a, a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so Lori, so they show some text then with Lori and Chad talking about bringing down Brandon and we'll get to Brandon we'll circle back to him because we need uh, he plays a part who's brandon he was married to Lori's niece but <laughs> they're saying k somehow must be responsible for the life insurance thing right k being charles's sister being the one who adopted jj initially and that then set in motion the later welfare checks on the kids that went horribly bad at first but then ultimately led to where we're at now mm-hmm. um so yeah k woodcock and i always laugh because <laughs> woodcock was my previously married name oh, well, <laughs> it was yeah. my last name yeah i was married to to a woodcock family oh wow uh, yeah wow. i don't think related to that so it's a very common name apparently um uh so then colby's talking about how mom starts acting even weirder at this point <laughs> which okay already you know um that she was going to move to idaho said goodbye to tylee and everybody was a mess uh grandma um Lori's mom talking about you know how how this last time she saw tylee and tylee was a mess everybody was a mess you know whatever then kelsey who's colby's wife they get pregnant she has a high-risk pregnancy so they kind of like ignore the family they they're focusing on their own stuff right her their own health their family, their own, you know, whatever. He didn't talk to Tylee that much, mostly texting. He remembers he said he sent a happy birthday text to her and got like a weird response from her, um, from Tylee that basically it was like all lowercase and it just didn't sound like Tylee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think at that point that was what Lori responding, right? Yeah. Um, Colby calls mom, Lori, and she said he said Lori acted really weird about where Tylee was and what she was doing. Oh, she's just busy. She's got this and that and that and that. And that's why, like, they hadn't actually spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, Colby then calls out Tylee on her responses to him. Like, this doesn't sound like you. Call me. Let's talk. And then all of a sudden her phone gets shut off. Yeah. Shocker. Right. Yeah. Now, timeline wise, we know this is after the point where tylee has been killed so kelsey 
um, Colby's wife starts investigating. She's like, all of this is batshit. This yeah. isn't right. So this is where Kelsey gets her hero. Um, it become, becomes the, the real hero here is she starts investigating. She Googles her. She starts listening to all her podcasts and about how, you know, Lori's fighting this war. She's been fighting this war for millennium, you know, in, in all of these different lives. And um, Lori, the, I mean, Kelsey started looking then at the emails that Charles had sent before he was murdered. And she hadn't read them before because she was just thought it was a part of their family drama like whatever she didn't want anything to do with it but now she starts reading it and she's like oh shit yeah like what is happening and then she finds this email that has a list of all these people that they know and it's like the good spirit bad spirit list it's like the the jack skellington halloween town version of santa's christmas list i don't know like who's naughty and who's nice yeah (laughs) here's the good spirit and here's the bad spirits but they talk about dark spirits and light spirits. And then they had like a number system, like minus four or minus one or whatever. Right. Yeah. And he said that all the people who were listed as dark spirits were all people that didn't quote love and adore Lori. Which is shocking because, um, Tylee seemed like she was all in all of her mother, right. Mm-hmm. She did everything for her mother and for the family. It sounded like she was just a pure good soul, which makes me, if you look at like good and evil, right evil wants to take out the good right so it would make sense that she would want i guess or mark her as being like a dark entity because she was so pure that's my opinion i believe it i I, I i'm with you on that and then she gave her son colby like uh like the, he was in the good whatever good spirit which that was her baby boy that was her firstborn it's, mm-hmm. it's just interesting it was just very interesting i don't know and it was just so sad to see such a pure soul be yeah like something so highly and jj absolutely pure souls absolutely um so then they go to chad and Lori talking about killing zombies dark spirits etc that you have to that somehow part of his belief system is that you have to kill the zombies to realize his vision and only Chad knows who the zombies are. So you have to listen to this like great big man on high, right? Then they go back to Brandon. Now, <laughs> it's like who you need a spreadsheet or you need like like a flow sheet with all of the a, red strings. That's what I feel like right now. The guy with the red strings with the keeping the family understanding who all these people are. So there's this guy named Brandon Bordeaux. Uh Brudo. Brudeau, who was married to Lori's niece, Melanie, who's not Melanie Gibbs, different Melanie. <laughs> um, Brandon is getting divorced from Melanie's, from Melanie. Now, Melanie was following Lori and Chad in this group, this podcast group. So she was in that, in that line, right? Brandon, she, they're getting divorced. Brandon gets his window shot out of a car mm-hmm. by Alex who was driving Charles's car, but is dead Charles's car. Cause Charles yeah. died at this point. So Alex is driving Charles's dead. Charles's car goes to shoot out Brandon's window. Make it make sense. Like what, how stupid are you? <laughs> make it make sense. Like that is like, listen, I'm key. not a criminal. I don't have a criminal mind, but I'm also not stupid. Like, I feel like that was just dumb. I don't know. What was the point of it? Were they trying to shoot him or they're trying to scare him? I think they were trying to shoot him 100%. Why would you like scare somebody? I, I think that he just was a, a terrible shot, I guess. He's just not a good. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, 
Because early, so flashback to the first time they started talking about bringing down Brandon, right? This was the text between Lori and Chad right after she finds out about the life insurance. They're talking about having to bring down Brandon. And this is that Brandon that they're talking about. So, you know, he's a he's a zombie. They need to kill him. Yeah. Then we go to the crazy prophetess lady, Julie. Mm-hmm. I, love, <laughs> I love her. Um, who says that she's pretty sure that Lucifer told chad he would run the church of the firstborn which is not right because you know jesus um and the last time that she's i mean she said obviously i don't have proof of this but this is what i believe because i'm a worker a light worker and Uh and and, you know i hear this and that whatever um and she said that the last time that she talked to chad and she'd asked him about tammy that he went to this like trance-like state told her about a vision of Tammy going off the road and that he saw her spirit leave her body. Yeah. Red flag. Red flag. (laughs) Alert, alert. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I I wouldn't doubt that she saw Lucifer talking to him. I mean, I... Do you Whether think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't I didn't don't know enough about what she said, what she claimed yeah. about herself to know. Does she visually see him? Does she like imagine like what yeah. what her quote unquote visions are? But mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, when somebody says that they have a vision though of like a death or something to that mm-hmm. degree, that's and the one thing I've learned too about mediumship is that if you see this is what I've been told by a few different people. If you see something like that, you don't tell people. You're not supposed to tell people no. that they die or that that's you, intrusive. And yeah, exactly. And you just, you don't want to. So for him to tell whatever her name is that he saw that vision, that's like a big no, no, you just don't do yeah, it. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, obviously I don't think he really has mediumship abilities. No, not at all. Um, he was just putting that out there to start the, yeah, I don't know, you know, to help their, their process. Because, yeah. You know, to help the storyline. Yeah, as it were. Then Tammy gets shot at with a paintball gun. This I don't understand. What? <laughs> what? I don't get the paintball gun thing. That doesn't... why would she get? The, and this makes me wonder about Brandon's car window or whatever being shot out. Like, obviously they're not going to kill somebody with a paintball gun. So right, you're we're trying to scare her. Like what? I don't know. Was she? Where was she on the list of? entities good or bad spirits tammy yeah did they say uh, she turned she turns remember she's one of these like at 10 p.m tuesday oh okay okay yeah then i have no idea what they were thinking is, is when she got demonized or whatever they show so they they <laughs> then oh then they talk so they talk about this incident of tammy getting shot at with a paintball gun we don't get any more details about that we're just like okay what <laughs> something bad shit is going on but then you have this flash of a statement that says that Chad basically saying, I don't think my plan can move forward until the spouses are dead. Mm-hmm. That he allegedly said to this girl, Julie. Yeah. I would believe that he, he said that based on everything else he's been doing. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like he half trusted her because she was, you know, in his batshit crazy world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So. I feel like he was kind of like feeling her out to see like what she, what she would believe, like maybe he get her as a co-conspirator to help, help him kill zombies. I don't know, but I feel like he would have said that to her. Yeah. 
Um, then they show some text between Chad and Lori talking. <laughs> Great news. Tammy's in limbo. And I'm going to try to hasten her departure. Yay, great news. Oh my what they mean by this is that she, she's dead. That's crazy. She gets sick and dies. Originally, now I remember hearing this on another one of the shows or podcasts or something. Is Originally, they thought it was like some kidney disease. She got some, some mm-hmm. disease. She got sick and she got like kidney infection and something like that and she ended up dying from it so there was this period of time where she got sick and then she died um later they go and exhume her body and all this stuff and they figure out that that's not actually the case or or she was poisoned because he actually gets indicted on her death yes um, for her murder later so there's obviously we there's there's more about that that they didn't go into in this but there is a period of time so this him talking about her being in limbo that's what I think about is from when she got sick, I suspect, I don't know, he poisoned her or something based on what I remember. Like that would have been the assumption and he was waiting for, cause it was something that when they, when she initially died, they were like, well, yeah, that's like, that's something that can happen, you know? And they're, yeah. they didn't look at it more closely initially, but then after all this, other I don't stuff, understand that because she was young. You, you mm-hmm. would think they would have done a more thorough auto. I mean, I don't know what they do, like what the basic, things test they run for an autopsy but i would assume basic blood work yeah i i don't remember and it was it was something on one of the other shows or the podcast Ah. that i listened to where they talk about how her death what how it happened and all this stuff and that i mean because then this one talks about how they because of information they learn later they go back and exhume her body and redo and they figure it out they that based on all this other stuff that they they classify the cause of death as as murder or the manner of cause cause manner and cause um and all that Mm -hmm. so we don't get any of that in this one but that's what happened um so he's trying to hasten her departure um so she dies he gets the one million dollar insurance policy all told ended up being about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars four hundred and thirty thousand dollars something like that <laughs> then this is all the marriages within the group <laughs> right around in that time frame we have alex cox the brother marrying zulema zuelma um, very quickly marrying her right mm-hmm. so and then the melanie the niece marries this guy ian they all get married within like weeks of meeting each other and within days of each other and they're all witnesses at each other's weddings and it seems like they said that the timeline of this was that because they all thought they all said july 2020 the specific date in july was this end of the end of time so they all were going to get married then i guess so they could be sealed through the afterlife whatever um okay and then we go to, so they're all getting married and everyone's like, this is weird. We flashed to Kay in November, November, 2019, asking about the kids. Um, and this, so like, this is the point at which like the earlier versions of this or like the 2020s and all this, the story picks up at this point, right? Cause they didn't know all the rest of this stuff at the time. It gets into, she gets into Charles's email and she sees, this is Kay, Charles's sister, right? Sees an Amazon order for the mm-hmm. wedding rings. Um, Again, these are the wedding rings that Lori orders from Amazon to be delivered to her house in, in Rexburg under Charles's account. And this was after Charles was dead, but before Tammy had died. 
Stupid. These are the wedding rings that Chad and Lori use when they get married in Kauai. Yeah. Make it make sense again. Like, this is absolutely stupid. You could have just gone to a store, walked in and paid cash and bought a Instead, a let's leave this this trail yeah indicating that we're planning on getting married <laughs> in uh, the middle of all these murders <laughs> so after this she finds this amazon order with the rings now they have the shipping address in uh rexburg so with that address she sends a welfare check <laughs> so this welfare check goes <laughs> oh so smoothly now this is another you know white woman getting away with shit right um, so Alex and Chad are there. Cops show up. They tell the cops that JJ was with because the cops show up looking for JJ. Um, and they say, Oh, JJ's with Kay, her grandma. And they're like, No, Kay's the one that called this in, motherfucker. Like, give right. us the you know. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kaya. Um, but cops mommy and cat taught me how to say motherfucker um, <laughs> but cops then the cops are like okay whatever um then the cops talk to Lori. Lori's like oh jj's with my friend melanie gibbs in arizona they're seen frozen melanie is like uh-uh she calls out she calls Lori out on this she calls Lori. she's like, what why are you telling him this what the fuck why are you saying all this stuff blah 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 she then goes to the cops right and gets involved and that's then how like this stuff starts able to finally come together so she at this point is is key in making this not believing now Lori's. did she record the phone call between her and Lori, or did the police record the phone i call? thought it was a police okay yeah because that's strange i mean why would you ever have lie and have you know say that you were watching a kid have your friend tell that you're yeah. watching you're not watching them that makes sense. yeah she's like where is jj why is this why are you doing me why are you doing this and so i remember from one of the other shows that um on the on it that mel after that is what prompted melanie to go to the cops and say this is what's happening i don't understand why she would say this where are the kids right and then they launched this missing missing kids investigation Mm -hmm. So this is when it um, it becomes a national story. All these, everybody picks it up. Um, Colby makes a video basically like, where are the kids? Mom, I love you, but where are the kids? Um, at this point, Alex randomly dies of heart disease. Yeah, which... I do. I mean, do you think he was murdered or no. do you think, I think I it either. was just completely coincidental, random. I do too, but I, I, I wouldn't put it past him to eventually murder him for sure. But I don't think this, I, I don't think, think he had outlived his usefulness at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. He was still well into it. He had, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it was just bad luck on everybody's part on, on Lori's part. I mean, this sounds really bad. It, it's, Good luck that he died. No, like, I'm not saying it's good that Alex died. It's not right. ever good to have a person die. But if anybody's going to die in this story, like, he killed other people. Like, yeah. I ain't going to be sad about it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but I think it was just uh, unfortunate timing for Lori. <laughs> you know, I don't think it was planned. All of these other murders, but then there's other random deaths. You're like, the fuck? <laughs> the guy who's the assassin, the enforcer, takes out all the zombie kill. you know, the whatever zombie killer. He dies randomly of a heart disease. 
Um, Colby at this point then learns like that he had moved to Idaho and that he had gotten married. And then he also learned that Lori and Chad had gotten married in Kauai, which was their special place. And they had shown those videos of them in, in Kauai. And I'm like, oh. um, Super weird that she would use that place. I don't know. It was just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so then Lori and Chad disappear in December of 2019. They get married. They disappear. The kids are declared missing. After that, um, there's a, in January, a search warrant is served at Chad's house regarding Tammy's death. So at some point during the, there was enough evidence and, and they, they had gotten enough from all of this that Tammy's death was suspicious. So they get a search warrant and they ultimately exhume her body and ultimately indict him on murder charges for her death. Um, the Lori and Chad are found, they're tracked down in Hawaii and they have to come back to Idaho to face charges. They say, bring the kids by Thursday or else, you know, of course they show up, they don't have the kids, they don't say anything. So they get, they don't have any murder. They don't have bodies. They don't have anything. So they like, they get them arrested on, you know, like evading law enforcement or, you know, not necessarily maybe kidnapping like i can't it was there was a kidnapping charge somewhere. there was a kidnapping there was like a um not taking care of your kids type of charge like these random charges yeah. they didn't know where the kids were they didn't have bodies but they knew they must have had something to do with the disappearance so it's any charges they could relate to that um and uh <laughs> she's so cute um okay so then well, then, well all this is happening too they're everyone's asking her where are the kids where mm-hmm. are the kids and that's why i like poke off now nationally because or internationally i'm sure mm-hmm. because it's like how can a mom act so cold and just so right. it was also very bizarre so strange if you're looking for your i mean she wasn't even attempting to look for the kids Mm-mm. obviously we know why but you wouldn't answer questions they were just like yeah they're just walking around Kauai like it's no big deal that their kids are missing right and at this point like we know now that they were dead but we didn't know that then and i remember seeing all of the like the news footage and seeing some of the the datelines of 2020s or whatever on it you know, because they didn't know at that point when those things there, they didn't know where the kids were. So it was like, that was the point of the story. Of course, now we know. Um, so then, so I don't know, they plead not guilty, whatever. Colby then goes to the bond hearing for Lori. He sees Chad. He's like, Lori's completely made up weird. I'm like, eh, that's jailhouse makeup. You do what you can. You know. <laughs> um, so then they're we go to Colby playing a phone call with his mom in jail and his mom is talking about like the story from the Bible of Abraham and Isaac, which is like, Oh, you have to kill your son. It's a test of faith. And so like, right. When he goes to like, Abraham goes to put the knife to Isaac's throat, God stops him and said, no, don't do it. You know, whatever. Um, as a test of faith. Right. And so Colby's like, why, when you know, I'm asking about these, my siblings every day, why are you bringing up that story? Like, uh, something. Yeah. Right. You're fucking Very crazy. Mom. Yeah. Your crazy cakes. Um, all these calls from jail kept saying the kid. You kept saying the kids were fine. Um, never hurt them. Her mom believed her when she said kids are fine. I would never hurt them. Shortly after that, mom and aunt went on the news defending her. 
right? Um, they're like, oh, she would never hurt her kids. I don't know what's happening, but she's fine. She didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> we learned later that they changed their mind on that stance, but that's where it was at that time. Somewhere in this investigation, they traced Alex's phone and it had pinged in Chad's backyard for two hours. Right around that same time, Tammy's phone gets a text from Chad, this whole cock and bull story about having to shoot a raccoon and bury it in the pet cemetery, which obviously Very specific story too. really oddly specific, but obviously is a way to explain a shot fired and burial you know, in the ground. Cause yeah. what we learn is that Alex had killed and buried or we think Alex killed them, whatever. We don't know for sure, but Alex at least had buried the kids in the backyard of the pet cemetery. Um, So it's like Chad concocts this oddly specific story to text to Tammy to explain those things away. (laughs) Hi, Hi, baby. Um, So then we do another search warrant on Chad's house now, and this is in the backyard digging and they find the bodies. Um, Everyone's arrested and charged at this point with the murders of the children. Um, So yeah, they found the the two bodies of JJ and Tylee. They discovered, they they dated at like right around their disappearance, the time of their disappearance. Um, And that um, at this point, like this is, oh, they determined Lori is not competent to stand trial. She goes to the net house for a while. Chad and Lori are indicted not just on the kids' deaths, but Chad is also indicted for Tammy's death, and Lori is side is also indicted for conspiracy to commit to commit murder on Charles. Um, Lori is in the the nut house, claiming not to be sane. She's eventually found competent, and that was in April of 2022 of this past year. Um, and now they're in trial preparations, um, trial preppers moving forward. They're all in jail. I think, um, I don't know if anyone's out on bond right now. Um, yeah, I doubt. I, yeah. I Cause they have so. their flight risk. Their yeah. flight risk. Um, trials currently scheduled in like early, uh, April, I don't know, maybe of 2023. Uh, don't know if it'll actually go on at that time, but that's what it's scheduled for. And it is a death penalty case. Um, now. The, the, so that's where it is legally. The, the documentary itself ends in a very nice way, which is Colby Casey um, and their daughter Riley in Kauai. They're doing like this honoring sort of ceremony where they're talking about JJ and Tylee and um, they do the, you know, they take the, the lays and put them in the water. And that's, it's very touching to me. Um, I've actually had the honor and privilege of being able to scatter someone's ashes in Hawaii. Um, yeah, my dear friend, Heather, um, her brother had passed away and had spent a great deal of time in Hawaii and wanted part of him there. So they had sent me some of his remains. And then I went out and I did like a, a ceremony and scattered and delays. And it was, yeah, it, it was a whole thing. Um, yeah. So, so seeing them do this, especially in Hawaii, you know, I'd lived in Hawaii for a number of years. So I have, you know, sort of a special connection to the islands as well. <laughs> and um, 
I just love seeing it end on that note, right? They've got their daughter. Um, and and I just have to, can we talk about Kelsey's white flowy outfit here? I am so dying. Funny. I'm in love with that outfit. That is, oh my God, if you don't, if you watch the show, like fast forward to the end, maybe I'll find a picture of it or whatever, but it is this amazing white, like flowy, like top and, you know, pants. And it's just, oh, she looks so good. I love it. I love that white flowy outfit. I'm a, I might need to contact you to find that out <laughs> where, what it is. <laughs> Let's just end with like a completely superficial and shallow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Kaya has something to say. What does Kaya have to say? Yeah. Kaya, do you want to say something now that you're up from your nap? Did you have good dreams? Yeah. Who was in your dreams? Now you're going to be quiet. <laughs> she's like why is auntie cat talking from the box on the <laughs> your nose Mom. yeah where's your mouth uh-huh. can i have a kisses can you give her a kiss oh thank you Mwah. thank you love well so this is this is kind of a marathon session talking about this story there are a lot of other details to the story okay so much to talk so about. much there's a lot that was in this docuseries that we obviously can't talk about every single detail highly recommend you go watch it if you're as obsessed with this story as i am go find the 2020 go find the dateline um there's a podcast about it all of that um and that has a lot more details to all of this stuff um and we will continue to follow this case obviously since we're both true crime nuts <laughs> um but um we just i don't know i don't know if i have anything appropriate to cl- uh, in closing on this topic but i mean i know i just i guess the hopefully there'll be justice for the children and i don't know how that will show up but um, i mean it sounds like there's so much evidence if they have yeah. enough evidence that they didn't even talk about all the things that led them to be able to indict on all of this stuff right there's obviously the stuff that they show us that make it clear that they're guilty of stuff, but they, they've got to have so much more evidence that, you know, that they killed him. You know, they're not giving us any details in these docuseries about like more about Alex's whereabouts, how they, how they place him besides just the pinging location. And I mean, that explains how they had reason to go to Chad's backyard, but like, what else do they know about what Alex did that led them to believe he killed on behalf of, you know, was there planning was, you know, I, I feel like yeah, there's evidence because I feel like they weren't smart. So I feel like there's so much more stuff out there that we're going to see at some point, like you said, during the trial, maybe like this evidence will come out. Yeah. And they didn't even discuss what happened to those poor babies and I'm sure everything will come out and it's just awful and disgusting. We know a little bit about what happened. Yeah. But- we, we know about like the red pajamas and then they flash to a picture of the kid wearing the red pajamas. I was like, Oh no, I don't know. Mm-mm. But there are so many other details to this stuff, you guys. And, um, highly recommend you go watch them all start listening to this. Let us know if there's other stuff that we're, that you want us to cover. Um, I know we, you know, we have lots of things that we're watching right now. Um, well, at least that I am, you're kind of busy being, you know, single mom and finishing getting your, getting your doctorate. Um, but a few more months, right? A few more months. And yes, almost there. <laughs> almost there. Hi, and um, 
we will be back. Um, go join the Facebook group. If you want to talk, join us, talk about it. Um, we've got a lot of good stuff coming on the horizon and thank you all for tuning in today and bye. Bye Lexi. Bye. Bye Kaya. Bye.